talking about the things that matter most to you. Today's Catholic Women. Catholic Women Now with Julie Nelson and Chris McGruder is underwritten by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, a licensed representative of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa, cindyschulte.com, and Fred Haas. Over 30 years helping injured Iowans recover losses from accidents and work-related injuries. Fred Double D, Haas Double A. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Catholic Women Now. I'm Julie Nelson. And I'm Chris Magruder. Good morning, hey, everybody. We're so pleased that you're joining us today, and uh, we've got a great show today, but we always think we have a great show. We say that every week. <laughs> well, I'm excited because we're going to go a little unplugged and talk about fashion and, and what we should be wearing and what we shouldn't be wearing at certain yeah, ages. Yeah, we're going to give you five ways to know if you're dressing your age or not. So. Yeah, you know, Pope Francis has a little bit to say about some well, of that. Well, he talked to um, a council or a meeting in um, Rome last week, and he had some interesting things to say about yeah. teenagers and parents, and uh, it's it's good information. And, you know, and it's I, amazing to me how he knows all this. I was just going to say, that's what I love about him, is yeah. that he's involved in, you know, just the, even the little things, kind of like the Lord. He's keenly observant, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's got a good sense of what's mm-hmm. going on and very very wise so, yeah because yeah. god is in the practical right right yeah. right so yeah so okay so it's going to work together here with yeah. what the teenager thing and dressing your age uh, here <laughs> and stay tuned and, because we've got ann costa on as well who's going to tell us a little bit about her book that talks about the sacred heart of jesus and how um she has an essential guide for us that we get to follow and yeah i'm excited about that because tomorrow is the feast day of the sacred mm-hmm. heart of jesus so and june is dedicated to the sacred heart of jesus and i think a lot of people kind of think of that as being an old dusty old kind of devotion and image. But, uh, or they don't even know what it is. Or they don't know what it is. Yeah, these so. generations don't. And, you know, I was saying to John Leonetti on the morning show today that, um, you know, it, it is kind of an antique devotion. And, yeah. you know, I want to ask her, is it one and done? Because I've done it. You know, I've gone through the uh-huh. nine first Fridays of each month. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. But I, I'm, I'm guessing I'm probably... Well, and I just like the whole idea of the heart. You know, it's that personal intimacy with Jesus and the heart. And I think... Um, it's more than just information. It's about coming closer to him and abiding in him and he abiding in us. Right. So listeners, you got you got to stay tuned with us because what's old is new again. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Should we start with prayer? Let's do. In the name Father, of the Father, Son, Son and Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit to thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it is it is good to have you back in the seat again. I kind of feel like you were gone for a long time, but I yeah. know you know this is the second week you're back. But. Uh, I know. Last week, I don't know if I was here because we got in so late the night before. <laughs> so I was here physically, but I don't know. I think mentally, I kind of was still kind of grasping and, and you're probably a little tired because you're out late last night preparing yes, for the well preparing for the well the speakers we all went through our our our, our talks last night and it's going to be great it's yeah. going to be great i'm just amazed at the faith of women and people that i know kind of just on the streets like hi how are you but then to get to know them more personally in their faith life it's just so incredibly inspiring you know and doesn't it make you love people more when oh, you get yes. to know the the heart of Christ in them. Yes, it mm-hmm. does. I mean, you see Christ in them. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what evangelization is all about. And it connects you. Yes. And, it, and we women are connectors <laughs> by nature, which I talk about this weekend. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, yes, hey, yeah. Our sensitivity. Was whole, I was going to say the Holy Spirit just tapped into that for me. Well, so yeah, just... <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit, for throwing that, <laughs> pitching that ball to me <laughs> through Chris. Oh, very good. <clears throat> 
Well, we need to say thank you, Cindy Schulte of Farm Bureau Financial Services. She was on our show last week. It was fun to have her in here. She underwrites Catholic Women Now. She's an authorized independent agent. Cindy and her team provide health insurance options from Wellmark, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And she does make insurance simple for you. And she's just one of those warm-hearted people that we love to have with us. Cindy's on the web, cindyschulte.com, 515-226-2111. That's right. Well, I think we're excited here to have Ann Costas join us. She is a Catholic author and speaker. She has five books she's published, um, very accomplished author here, um, several including Embracing Edith Stein, Wisdom from Women, from St. Teresa, Benedicta of the Cross. She is works with two apostolates, the Sacred Heart Apostolate, and as communications officers, officer and then the Jan, John Paul II Center for Women. She's a wife and mother, enjoys traveling, painting, and Eucharistic adoration. I love that last one. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Anne. Hi. Well, it's good to be with you today. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you were inspired to learn about the practice of the devotion to Sacred Heart. Well, I... I didn't know, just like you were saying, I thought it was an old and outdated devotion, and I really didn't understand how it would impact my life today. And I was blessed to run into a woman who spent the last 47 years promoting the Sacred Heart. She lives right in my hometown of Syracuse, New York. Her name is Gloria Anson, and she's been helping families and throne their homes to the Sacred Heart for 47 years. And... um I learned about it, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I want what she's got, which was a, a, just a tremendous love for the Lord and uh, a deep peace and um, abiding uh, relationship with Jesus. And um, that's how I got involved. And then I went to a conference, a writer's conference, and my editor said, well, what are you doing these days? And I said, well, I'm learning about the Sacred Heart. And she said, oh, I'd love for you to write a book. So I was a beginner writing this book, The Essential Guide to the Sacred Heart, but oh my goodness, once we start to learn about the Lord and His heart, it just opens up a whole new um, level of, of love and understanding of how much He loves us. So well, and you, I'm it, happy to and, it. and your book is Healing Promises, so that's that piqued my interest, the healing promises of the Sacred Heart. So tell us a little bit how the promises of this devotion and how to apply it in our lives today. Sure. Well, we, uh, you know, the Lord um, revealed his heart and uh, in an apparition to St. Margaret Mary Ellicott. She was a visitation nun back in the 1600s. But his desire for us to know his heart is the same today as it was back then. And he said that if you, uh, you know, if you honor my heart, if you, if you love my heart, then I will, uh, you'll never be lost. And he, these are the 12 promises that have been kind of promulgated through the centuries they're not the only promises that he's given us but they're they're really applicable for today we see that help is on its way and through an enthronement uh especially because he says i'll give graces for every state in life i'll give peace to families and we'll unite families that are divided and of course we know what the pressures are against families these days and that's a perfect promise for our times and he said he'll console us in our troubles and He'll give us refuge during life and death. And you had mentioned those those nine consecutive First Fridays where he said that um, if you'll go to uh, communion and mass and pray for the Pope's intentions that uh, for nine consecutive months that you have a grace of final penitence, which means that you'll die not in disgrace, but you'll be able to receive the sacraments and 
And that's sort of an ongoing um, commitment that we make to our Lord to be present to his heart so that he can minister to us. And and that's really uh, the gist of the promises. So, Anne, if, if I, I have done that, I did that with a friend several years ago, is that something then that I have those promises now for life, or is that something I need to kind of reboot once in a while and go back and do those nine consecutive Fridays? You know, it's not, it's not a legalistic kind of thing. It really is meant to spark sort of a lifetime of, of um, you know, con- connection with his heart. So I would say go ahead and keep trying, keep going. Uh, it's a beautiful practice. It's one way to get a respite and uh, and just make a little sacrifice in our day to do that, just to bring him to mind. Like you said, June is another uh, way that we sort of say this is a, the, the month of his sacred heart. And there are many other ways, though, to practice the devotion. The book is really chock full of, of different ways in which we can pray or um, or exercise and bring this devotion alive in our lives. Okay, I have another question real quick, and, and Julie doesn't know that I'm going to ask this, but I'm very literal. So I'm thinking for, my, for our literal listeners out there, <laughs> you know, the devotion to the Sacred Heart, why do you suppose it's not the devotion to Jesus? You know, because I'm thinking His heart, His physical heart. You know what I mean? Why are we devoted to His heart and not to just Jesus the person? It's more of like, well, it isn't. I mean, it's, it's entering into the relationship. Um, it's entering into that heart-to-heart relationship with him. But we're not really devoted. We're not really, um, you know, devoted to his heart as in, like, say, the devotion to the sacred blood, you know, like there's sure. precious blood, right? There's all these ways in which we can encounter Jesus. And I think, you know, or the divine mercy, for instance. You know, some people are more more drawn to the to the attribute of mercy that flows from his heart. Mm-hmm. But in essence, you know, and then there's the Eucharistic devotion, and his heart is Eucharistic. So that's what's so beautiful about our Catholic faith is that we can encounter um, on so many different levels how um, how Jesus loves us, really. He's just trying to show us, the Father is just trying to show us how much he loves us through Jesus. So mm-hmm. to know that he had a human heart, to know that his heart was wounded, he gave us that image, and it's an image, but it's not, it, it, it reflects the person that he is, and that's the Father's love through through him. Mm. This is Catholic Women Hour speaking with Ann Costa. She's written a book called Healing Promises, The Essential Guide to the Sacred Heart. And I always think about, whenever I think of the Sacred Heart, I think of John the Apostle laying his mm-hmm. head on the chest of Jesus. And when, the, and, and when we're in adoration, there's that sense of nestling in, Mm. Or at Mass, at the consecration, nestling into Christ in that moment of great love and nurturing and imbuement of um, renewing our, our spirits. I just love that. I agree. I love that image. And I talk about that in the book because that's a very um, beautiful example for us to follow. And I have to tell you, one of the great Sacred Heart um Saints was Saint Gertrude the Great back in the day, and she actually had a vision of Saint John, and she asked him about that moment when he rested his head on the divine heart, and she wondered why he hadn't wrote about that, why we don't know more about that encounter, because we call it that was the the beginning of divine wisdom when he laid his head on his heart, but it's just a very basic human loving gesture. And she wondered why we don't know more about it. And he told her that that was 
um, that he did learn about deeper, um, he knew, learned about the heart of Jesus in a very profound way, and that that encounter and that knowledge that he learned through that is reserved for the last days and the last times, and that um, it's specifically, um, there's more to know about the sacred heart of Jesus that will be revealed to priests, and that the priests will be the ones that will deliver that great salvation at the end for all of us so that we can all rest our heads on his heart in heaven. Wow, I love that image. Well, it just brings it more prominence to the fact how important it is we we promulgate this devotion in today's world. Mm. It's, it's now. Well, and you can just feel love when, I, when I'm when i hearing you talk about that and when I'm thinking of that image of the apostle putting his head on Jesus' chest, yeah. hearing the heart pound, and just, you know, that, that mm. it reminds me of when I was little and I would lay on my, my own dad's chest, you know, or I'd sit in his lap yeah. and you'd feel that, that love that comes. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're talking about is his love. That's right. That's right, it is. Well, you talk all, you talk, you mention also in the book something that's kind of interesting. I don't think a lot of people are aware of it, and that's the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, why and that's important? And our, I'll tell you what, our morning show um, host was saying, hey, when you talk to her, make sure you ask her about, you know, doing it in the home. And I said, well, we're also going to talk about how you enthrone in a business. So we need to hear both sides of that, Anne. <laughs> Right. Well, you can enthrone any place because Jesus said, I will bless those places wherein the image of my heart shall be exposed and honored. And, and um, basically, there was a, a, a priest by the name of Father Mateo, and he became the apostle of the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. And when you, go to your, when you went to your grandfather's place or your grandmother's home, or uh, you see those images of Jesus with his heart exposed, that sacred heart image. And typically what probably happened was they did enthrone their home to the sacred heart. You can enthrone a business, you can enthrone a classroom, you can enthrone a, a, a radio, you know, a studio, a radio studio, um, a, a nursing home room. We enthroned a, um, we enthroned a, we have a home for unwed mothers and every room has been enthroned to the sacred heart of Jesus where an image is displayed. But really what it is, is it's a beautiful, very simple ceremony that you prepare for about three days before, and it involves your family members. And you can do it even if you're a single person. Usually you invite family and friends there. If family can't be there, you have images. Again, you bring their pictures. The head of the family processes the image and places it in a prominent place in your home. And that symbolizes, that recognizes that you have... Um, that Jesus reigns in your home, that he's your Lord, your friend, and your Savior in, in your home. And really, it's about having a tabernacle in your home, a place where Jesus' real presence is there. Many families pray before the image. Many families um, <laughs> bring their petitions to the image. They're not worshiping the image. What they are doing is they are bringing Jesus in a very real way into their home so that they can, like when Jesus, uh, Zacchaeus said, you know, I, I, we must, I must go to your home today. Jesus longs to be in our midst, no matter what condition our houses are in, no matter we don't have to clean up for him, we don't have to do housework. Our family members don't have to be perfect. But what it is, it's a very tangible kind of public way that we commit our, our homes and our families to the Lord. Oh, I love that. I, I love that. I'm image. feeling peace and love as you explain this whole enthronement process, too. It's like, yeah, I want this for my family. I want this for my home. Absolutely. Business. Yeah. And when you say the head of the household, and if it's a single person, 
It's it's yeah. he or she is the yeah. head of that apartment or that household, correct? Yes, and you yes, and you can either have a priest um, uh, accompany you on that. You can have them be a part of it. But there's lay there's lay people in the enthronement movement who can help facilitate that, or you can simply you know uh, go through. Uh, it, there's an enthronement in the book. There's the the the, the ceremony is in the book. There are many resources in the book where you can where you can learn more and prepare and have have that in your home, and then the the last part of the book really shares the personal stories of families who have done that, individuals who have have had uh, incredible uh, encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ through 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 their devotion and and the enthronement. So that that share some some really neat stories of oh. people shared hearts with me about how how Jesus really did show up in their homes. And what happened when he did? Oh wow. my goodness, that sounds wow. great! Got to read. Got everybody. Got to get this book and read this book. <laughs> no. Well, before we let you go, though, Anne, there's one more thing that I wanted. To, we wanted to kind of talk to you about is how our sufferings and trials can bring good when we offer it to reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yeah, when we think about Jesus showed his heart to Margaret Mary, it was it was hurting. His heart was hurting because at the time. Jansenism was a big part of uh, heresy going on, and that was that people were, they felt they were too evil to approach God at all, and that was breaking, literally breaking Jesus' heart. Well, and I'm sure that's still going on today in many people's minds. Absolutely. They're yeah. afraid to approach him. They're afraid to trust his love. Mm. And, and he's still lamenting the loss of souls, you know, he's lamenting that. And the way that we sort of console his heart and we... We want to offer little sacrifices that's very Catholic, right? I'm going to offer it up. Right, it really right. is we can show our love to Jesus in a way that's really tangible. You know, it's very, we're, we're in physical bodies. We're offering little sacrifices for him just, to, just to, to console him like we would anybody who was hurting or feeling rejected or lonely. And that's how I think about it. You know, every sin, and we don't like to talk about sin, but every sin that is committed is an, uh, is hurting his heart. So if we can make up for that in some small way by being just a little extra loving or making a little sacrifice, that's a beautiful way to live. It means it gives us purpose in our lives, right? It means that everything that goes on, we can offer to Jesus. Every trial has has a way to be made into good, and He will do that because He promises to do that in our lives. Yeah, they, those those sufferings and those trials can become prayers. I know. Yesterday, I was working on something, and I was eating some little chunks of granola, and and I felt kind of a little prompting of don't eat one more give it up for me and i was like really that's mm. simple that little thing mm. but you know it can be it, they can be big trials but they can also be little moments little too. small sacrifices i also think about what father john ricardo says when he takes jesus can take trash and turn it into gold and that's mm. kind of this refinement that goes on through the reparation of yeah. the sacred heart of jesus yeah. it's very beautiful very beautiful it's really essential it's an it's essential it's the essence of our faith it yes. really brings for us every day. Well, we have 30 seconds. Tell us mm. one of the great experiences that you've had that makes you go, oh, everybody's got to do this because this happened to me one time. Oh, my gosh. 30 seconds. Really <laughs> just, just one blessing, Ann. Just one blessing. Yeah, we know you have many. <laughs> I have to tell you, I never really thought my husband always, always struggled with, um, with explosive anger, not towards me, but just in general. He had a really, really hard time with it. We were married for 30 um, I'm sorry, 28 years, um, 20, almost 27 and six months of those years. Um, it was really a trial. It was really difficult, very angry, very explosive. Um, the Sacred Heart of Jesus in, in our home, uh, I noticed he 
he doesn't he's not doing that anymore there was a point uh, in time where we I just got chills like, yeah and he no longer that angry uh person that he was I, I i never thought that was possible it was beyond my wildest dreams his heart melted your heart. husband's heart he really did mm. oh, the, oh what a blessing the salve of grace of healing grace yes. there and love yes. the love, the love well and thank you for being with us tell us um how people can get a hold of you your book? Sure, I have a website. It's it's www.ann-costa. That's Ann with an e-costa.com. And also, uh, I do speak, and I can come and talk more about it. We can do a mission for a Sacred Heart mission at your parish or and your group, and and you can go to cmgbookingforthat.com. Okay, great. Is the book out? Has the book been published? It is, it is out. It's great, out. great. Yeah, go to your Catholic store and yes. order it, or be on Amazon or uh, Servant Books. Very okay, good. great. We got Divine Treasures here in town. Yep, yeah, we'll go be, check we'll it out there with us. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anne, again, for joining us this morning. Um, this has been wonderful, and I know a lot of our listeners are going to be touched by what you've shared with your, your knowledge here today. Thank you. It was a blessing to be with you. God thank bless. You. Keep God up bless. the good work for Christ. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're listening to Chris Magruder and Julie Nelson on Catholic Women Now. We're broadcast live from the Mercy Live Up studio in Iowa on Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 94.5 and 88.5 FM. And we stream live on iowacatholicradio.com so you can listen to us anywhere in the world. And don't forget, we have the Iowa Catholic Radio app that you can download free from your app store and take us anywhere. Yes, and I love that. I do do that. I listen to that more than I do the radio in my home because uh-huh. I can stream it yeah. on my data, my internet through my home. So, Very And good. we want to hear from you. We have a texting option here. You can text us your comments to 515-223-1150, 515-223-1150. We love to hear from you. Yeah, I'm, keep I'm excited. In touch. I'm excited. We got some uh, the strong the Iowa Catholic Radio Strongman event has been postponed. Correct. Right, right. Um, we don't have a date yet. There was so much interest, but it just the the date was not working for people. But everybody wants to come, so we're going to reschedule it at a time where we can have a um, a lot of the people can come that want to come right, and be part right. of it. And, so and prayers for you this weekend, Julie, because oh, well, you'll be you. speaking at the well. And I don't think people can get tickets at the door for this. No, it's, yeah, but that's okay. We're still going to pray for you that well, all goes and, well. I'm going to be sitting. In the crowd cheering for you. Well, thank you. And I do appreciate all the prayers. And if you're at the well, come up and introduce yourself to me. I'd love to meet you. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Ju- Julie loves hugs from our listeners. I so. love hugs. Yes. As <laughs> I tell my daughter, my daughter just cringes. I'll say, hugs, not drugs. <laughs> She goes, okay. oh, mom. Okay, eyeball roll. <laughs> she's she's going to be a senior in high school now, mom. You know that's yeah, not so cool. She, yeah, that's right. And speaking of cool <laughs> and yes. being teenagers, the, and oh, the guy, or not being teenagers, not right? being teenagers. Five ways to tell if you're dressing your age, kind mm-hmm. of based on an article on Alicia by uh, Adriana Bello. Right, and it kind of sparked a conversation between you and I because this past Monday, Pope Francis addressed the Diocesan Pastoral Conference in Rome, and being Pope, he's the Bishop of Rome, so mm-hmm. he was speaking in, you know, as part of being the Bishop of Rome. It was held at St. John Lateran, and he was talking about several things, but one of the things that he was talking about is parents acting like they're teenagers, and not parenting their children. And, and there's more competition, he talked about. Yeah. In fact, there's more competition between them rather than being examples to their kids. And he was talking about it, you know, in the, in the light of educating our kids. And he said that parents today compete with their teenage children instead of educating them. Mm-hmm. And by attempting to be what he calls eternal teenagers themselves instead of role models. 
Right. And kids need role models. Teenagers need role models right now. You know, and Julie, when, when we brought, when you brought up the idea of, hey, let's talk about, you know, five best ways to dress your age, I thought, is she looking at me in my tie-dye shirt that I have on? <laughs> well, we'll talk later about how you can do that and be and do it sophisticated way. You know, you can still dress trendy. Yes, yes. 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 But, so. you know, it, it, once again, Pope Francis is right there in the trenches with us, looking at things practically, and he sees some of these things that are happening. Well, and I think the other thing he talks about is, he kind of hits on a little bit, is that we're afraid to age. You know, we're afraid to age. And he talks about, (laughs) you're going to love this, Chris. (laughs) Today, it seems as if everything has to be masked or concealed, and the um, appearance, not getting old, or makeup, and that kind of thing, and not being, not embracing your wrinkles. And And, and the hair color. And he says, I think, what a shame it is when people dye their hair. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) Okay, mic drop. <laughs> I know. I was with you and everything, Pope Francis, but that kind of like, okay. He's calling us out. He, you know, yes. he, he's not just talking about those people who do plastic surgery or, right. or the Botox thing. Yeah. He's talking about hair coloring. And I'm thinking, well, gosh, that could take us right to, you know, yeah. cold creams and all the, uh, the things that came uh, out in the 60s I, you know, I just, to keep our wrinkles away. I just can't go there right now. <laughs> no, I got to have hair color. I'm one, sorry. One um, step at a time, right? That's right. One that's right. One step at a time. That's right. But I like what he said about his aunt embracing her wrinkles and saying, I've earned these wrinkles. And Yes. And then I was thinking, too, one of the most beautiful people we know is St. Teresa of Calcutta and how wrinkly her face was, but how beautiful she was in her She's she's such a good example. And, yeah. you know, um, it's funny because I look at some of the sisters that she formed who who look very similarly, and they glow. They glow. They yes. glow. And so I think that's the, you know, that's an important lesson there for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always talk about if I, I don't mind the wrinkles around my eyes, maybe. I don't like the wrinkles around my lips because I drool a little bit. <laughs> Kidding. But but the idea, you know, of the those two 11s that happen between your eyebrows, I'm always like, oh, but if I could get rid of those, because I always feel like they make me look angry. But I've got to remember, those are my thinking lines. Not well, that's my right. Line, You've my earned them. Lines. Yeah, we've earned them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Well, as, my, as I say to my daughter when I do something that's a bonehead move or something that kind of reflects my age, I'll just say, just get used to it. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> so I'm just going to get more wrinkles. It's you know what? It is. Women especially are, are unsatisfied, you know, with so right. many things, whether it be, oh you know, God. our hair, the way, you know, if you have straight hair, you want curly hair and vice versa. If, you know, if you're tall, you want to, you don't want to be so tall. If you want to, you know, if you're short, you want to stretch out a little bit more. That's me. Um, you know, we're just not quite always happy. And it's I think that's a lifelong struggle, especially with clothing. Which and is people are, going. and I think we're trying to con- capture that youthfulness all the time. Yes. And, you know, little girls are trying to capture being older they're putting on the lipstick in their mom's high heels that's that's been going on for for century for decades yeah well one thing she talks about is the baby boomers came along and they had this dominance of a youth attitude and i think that is really true it's kind of and it's amazing for me how much it has kind of seeped into me Mm -hmm. even though i'm conscious of it i still kind of there's parts of me that's like oh i am kind of buying into this a little bit i gotta be careful and fashion historians will say it it really those trends of being really super slim and looking you know like twiggy the model it you know started in the 60s and you know if you look back to the 50s you compare the 50s everybody's wearing poodle skirts it didn't matter what your age so you know it's kind of the 60s that started that trend i have an interesting um uh, antidote to that I sew and and in the and I collect vintage patterns but it's interesting the sizing on the patterns from the 50s is so much different than it is now it's interesting how they've changed the sizing over have the- they changed to make you feel like you're smaller 
That's what I, mm-hmm. I always feel they like. Do. They do. Yes. yes. And stores do market that too. Yes, so. they do. But anyway, um, getting back to dressing your age. Yeah, the key, and, to, I, key to looking your age. What is the key to looking your age? Well, and I wanted to just kind of start this out too with Carolina Herrera, Herrera who's a Venezuelan. <laughs> I can't say Venezuelan. It. Thank you, designer, <laughs> and who, whose clothes I do like. She says, nothing makes a woman look older than dressing if she were younger. Right. You know, right. That, that woman who's in her... 60s who's trying to wear those really high stilettos with the with the leopard print mini skirt you know our knees don't look so pretty yeah. when when we're older but it's 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 the irony that we look younger when we dress our age right rather than right. dressing younger to look and younger. you know in the article did mention people like jane fonda who who yeah. does look great or, or helen, helen mirren yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they dress trendy, but with sophistication and style. There's a it. way to do it. There you is don't a have way to have to that low sinking, you know, uh, right neckline, right plunging neckline, <laughs> right so. again so, sagging skin. <laughs> so the five ways. Number one is if you keep buying exclusively in a store for adolescents or twenty year old girls. If you're wondering about H and M, you don't have to worry about that one because they offer options for all ages, and I do like H and M. Yeah, I do too. Um, but Forever Twenty One mm, might be worth passing <laughs> over. I'm waiting for finally Twenty Two, but okay. <laughs> or finally Forty, right? <laughs> Speak for yourself, <laughs> sister. You know, it, it's funny because listeners Julie and I were were talking yesterday about this, and and we were both saying, well, we've been to Forever Twenty One. We're yeah. shopping with our girls, and you know, I will go in there and I think, oh, that's really cute and then i'll go try it on and two things will happen one i can't get it over my hips because it's quite <laughs> a junior cut and number two it's so short <laughs> it's like oh yes. my gosh and they'll 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 also mention once in a while well you know this is a this is a junior store <laughs> well and then then when i got back to the dressing room one time i realized i looked around i was like okay i don't belong here <laughs> at all you know what it, am it I is, thinking? It is okay. I think sometimes you can find a skirt or a coat or something, and you know that's right. Trendy. But again, you know, you have to be discriminatory about yeah. you know what you find in those places, and they do have some cute stuff. And of course, I like color, so I tend to like places right. like that. But yeah. So and the second one um, five of the five things to help determine if you're falling into the trap of not dressing your age would be if you're on the street showing enough skin to be on the beach. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you know, I think it comes down to modesty for for all yeah, ages, really. That is honestly, of, yeah. it comes down to modesty. When, oh, I was in Medjugorje. The priest there, Father Leon, was talking about this dressing appropriately for mass. And he uh-huh. goes, "It's too much ham and not enough casing." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's that's now, that's quite an image." <laughs> I was just gonna say that that is quite an image. You're right. Oh, yeah. Okay, number three, if you keep dressing exactly the same way you did 10 years ago, are you still wearing that skirt from freshman year of college at age 35? It's time for a change. And I have found that every new decade of life for me is another fashion dilemma like oh, how do i dress now yes you know so yeah my uh, my my knees are the things that i'm now trying to hide. Uh, it's, it's I, I wish i could fit into a miniskirt that i wore in high school just to be honest at my age i'll tell you what i um i still do have clothes in my closet from from high school because of those 80s parties I oh have yeah one outfit that i used and you to can wear still the wear them well because they're oversized julie remember oh, the 80s <laughs> yes the grunge look so i can still do that one 80s outfit that i kept so yeah definitely oh, acid wash jeans <laughs> or the floral the floral oh, jeans. Yes. those were funny too yes. so well and number four of the five things that determine if you're falling into the trap of not dressing for your age if you have t-shirts with cartoons or funny phrases on them and um, Adrian Bello says, just trust me on just this one. Just trust her on just this one. Just trust me on this one. I know. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. I did buy a couple shirts one day at Gap a couple years ago, and I had them on. I'm like, 
it didn't feel right. It's like, I don't need to be wearing these kind of things with all this. I have recently bought some things with some, with, with some funny words on them, but I use them for exercise. So right. I feel okay about that. Right. Yeah. That's different. Mm-hmm. That's different. Mm-hmm. And number five, if the only reference points, if your only reference points for fashions are models 25 years old or younger, and if you are 50 years old or more, I recommend you follow this. She recommends Journey of a Stylist on Instagram. And in general, she gets it right and has a fantastic fashion sense. And I think that is really key, too. I will go to Pinterest to some people I know and look and see what they've pinned for fashion and kind of get some ideas for styling mm. and, and follow people that do that. Now, have you been to Journey of a Stylist? No, no I follow a gal in Australia, and um, Inside Out Style. And she's actually a wardrobe stylist. She comes to people's homes and helps them. And she's about my age. And she'll go through and, like, if you want to know what kind of, what flats are appropriate with what kind of length of pants, she goes through all that. Okay. Now, we're not saying you can't wear some medium-height stilettos or, right. or anything like I mean, you can dress very trendy. It's just, you know, what's appropriate for our age. You know, sometimes some of those fashions aren't even good for our health. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, those spider rings that pop out when you wear those really high heels too I can't long. wear <laughs> high heels. My ankles are not strong enough. Yeah, it's it, that starts to happen. But there's... There's plenty of ways to look lovely. There is. And um, and, and not just lovely, but beautiful and, and trendy. You know, sometimes people don't like trendy. They want to look classic. But there's some trendy stuff well, that Well, you can, can do wear. trendy with color. I mean, you right. can wear a color that's trendy in a, a classic style. Right. And, you know, when we are dressing a little too young for our age, it shows the parts of our bodies that we really don't want to highlight anyway. Right, right, right. So, so. Uh, so often I find that, Julie. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so I hope that helps everyone out today. And, um... And if you're convicted, well, go pray about it. I guess, you know, we're not here to judge in any way or any way. But, right. but it was kind of kind of eye-opening for me going through these things for myself as well. Well, and, and I think Julie has actually um, put me on a path, listeners, that I need to <laughs> get rid of some of my tie-dye maybe. Well, I think you can wear tie-dye. It's just the style of the tie-dye yes, you want yeah. to wear. So. The, exactly. And, and yeah. today I've kind of got this this tunic on, listeners. That I think it, it fits my age, Do you it? feel comfortable wearing it? Oh, I'm so comfortable wearing well, it. That's why I love it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for helping me out, Jules. Oh, well, <laughs> anytime. I can go. Sh- I'll go shopping with you and spend your money anytime. <laughs> and, you know, listeners, she's also good at putting color on you. So ever need, if you ever need help with that, call Julie. Call Julie. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, we're thankful here at Catholic Women Now for the sponsorship of Learning RX. Uh, they are watch your tri- watching your child struggle in school is, can be heartbreaking for parents, and they have the help. They do cognitive processing skills. Um, um, help me out here, Chris. <laughs> well, they have all sorts of brain training and all sorts of tests that they can offer to your children. And it's not just tutoring. I always like to make sure people understand it is about finding out why does your child have a hard time learning to read. Maybe there's a, an auditory disconnect or maybe there's um, you know a, a memory issue. There's, there's, there's several things that are cognitive related that they actually can help with. And they can also help people that have had problems with their brain after a stroke. So um, you can find many success stories on their website, learningrx.com and 515-224-4819. I tell you, that fashion segment just threw me for a loop. (laughs) There you go. Love and marriage, love and marriage. All right, so June is wedding month here at Catholic Women Now, and we're sharing tips for marriage guidance from our listeners. So which one do we have today, Chris? The one listener said, pray as a couple and as a family, especially the family rosary. 
That, uh, that's just, good. Yeah. That's really, yep. really good. And I was just talking to a friend um, recently, and he and his wife were kind of struggling. And I said, well, do you pray together? Do you know that you know, 99% of people who pray together always stay together? It's like only 1% well, divorce. Well, it's Father right? Peyton. The family that prays together stays together. Right. And he started the Family um, Rosary Society right. to right. pray. But you know, this person that I was talking to said, no, we don't pray together. And I was like, get started. A lot get of started. couples don't. A lot of couples will pray Individually, but not yes. together, too, I've found. It's very intimate to do. Yeah. It is very yeah. intimate. You start, you just you, start with an Our Father. Yep, I mean, just something right. simple, and that's powerful right there. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. just powerful. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you to Fred J. Haas Law Offices for being a sponsor of Catholic Women Now. He's a personal injury workers' comp medical malpractice lawyer, and he's got over 30 years of legal experience. Great guy. We love him. We always say he puts uh, a new twist on counselor because he not only can give you legal counsel, but he's just got a lot of wisdom in him as a strong Catholic man. FredHaas.com. Fred Double D. Haas Double A.com. 515 all right. Well, that wraps up another show here in the Mercy Live Up studio of Catholic Women Now. Uh, thank you for joining us today. The Iowa Catholic Rosary is next. And shall we close in prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious Lord, we love the way that you come to us practically. We love the way that you bless us and offer things like the devotion of the Sacred Heart and the way that you love us through them. We ask, Lord, that you lead us to how we can come closer to you, whether it be through the Sacred Heart or uh, and enthroning you in our homes or in our office places. We ask, Lord, that you be with us and continue to show us your love in the little ways and the practical ways that Pope Francis leads us to and um, in the big ways when, where we need you. We know you are always there. We ask that you help us to abide in you. In your holy Son, Jesus' name, we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now go do impossible things for God. Talking about the things that matter most to you. Today's Catholic Women. Catholic Women Now with Julie Nelson and Chris McGruder is underwritten by Fred Haas. Over 30 years helping injured Iowans recover losses from accidents and work-related injuries. Fred Double D, Haas Double A. And Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, a licensed representative of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa. CindySchulte.com. Catholic Women Now with Julie Nelson and Chris McGruder every Thursday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. On the radio voice for Catholic Women Now. 1150 a.m., 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. And on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Iowa Catholic Radio. Radio.